0: Hi, everyone. I'm Melanie Vesey, and welcome to the Promotional Rescue Talk Show. I'm a stand up comedian, actress, and filmmaker, but I also have my own business called Promotional Rescue, where I do promotions consulting with everyone under the fucking sun. Oh look, I'm already swearing uh, into my talk show two minutes in. But here's the thing, what we're gonna be talking about today is how my guests deal with promoting themselves and their projects online without feeling gross. And if you wanna mo- know more about me, you can visit me at melanievesey.com And if you wanna know more about my biz, you can see that at promotionalrescue.com. But without further ado, I'm super excited to talk to these amazing individuals and these people, Kelsey and Robert are the creators of Laugh After Dark, to which you can also see me. I'm on season two, episode four, wearing this exact jacket. Uh, And you can laugh because it is a fantastic show. Gorgeous uh, production value. I'm so excited to talk to them about how they uh, experience promoting Laugh After Dark and also to what they experience with working with the comics on Laugh After Dark. So without further ado... Kelsey and Robert,
1: yay! Hey.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad you guys are here, and we get to chat in this in this final episode of the Twilight Zone we call 2020. Uh,
1: exactly. <laughs> we hope it's the final episode. Exactly. I'm over it. Uh, same here. <laughs> cut into our plans a little too much. Just a little.
0: I, exactly, <laughs> and we will talk about that. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about first is how you guys deal with promoting not only yourselves and what you do and laugh after dark online. So I really want to kind of figure out and hear from you, what are like your best tips and tricks that you use to feel not horrible about promoting yourselves or laugh after dark online? Is there something that kind of pops out for you guys that helps you get you through?
2: Well, we talked about this pre-show because we were, you know, we wanted to be prepared. And we we thought it was a little bit funny in a way that you of all people were asking us about how to promote online. Because <laughs> if anyone follows us along online, you know that we're maybe spotty, a bit inconsistent.
1: Well, um, nowadays we are, because I think what's important is we have to have something good to say. And right now during this Twilight Zone uh, era, there's nothing new. New there's nothing new. Exactly. So right now our there's not as many postings. I mean I have a few postings that basically say I can't wait to get back and you know record season three but other than that there's not anything to say. Now beforehand we were um, posting during about every day or every other day and we were doing comic cuts. we were doing um, a like comic profiles, you know just introducing um, and a few text uh, quotes from from the comics. Um, but yes, as of right now, not much to really say.
2: Right, so which is, right which is important <laughs> I think I think to his point it's the idea that like we don't want to speak if there's nothing to say because it's just noise at that point right mm. and um, I think for us what kind of came what bubbled up as we were talking about this idea was the idea of just authenticity mm. that I in spite of the fact, or maybe because of the fact, in a way that we, you know, we tend not to say anything if we don't have anything to say. Um, people tend to listen, I think, when we do have something to say online, and um, and it's really just about that authentic connection. Um, we realize that for us, you know, our product is as much our final product as it is our actual comedians, mm-hmm. and so we found that really just investing in an honest way into our community, into our comedians, and making sure that they are supported um, and have what they need and that they know that we're here for them. And that truly, I think, has been the secret sauce for us because we're not geniuses at promotion. We're not social media, you know, samurais here. We're just people who love what we do and we care about our comedians. And so we approach the work that we do with as much honesty and intention as we can. And I I like to think that shows.
1: And we, and we also, you know, keep um, the comedians in mind as far as promotion. So we make sure we help them in any way that we can with any assets, uh, pre-doing any promo material for them, and uh, make sure that they have everything they, they need. And we don't, I, if they want to go off and, and which oftentimes they do, take our our assets and make their own little thing we applaud that we never tell them to take anything down why would we even do that so
0: right which is why i wanted to chat with you guys i mean because it and and i don't necessarily want to talk to people that are geniuses at this i want to talk to people that are doing it and doing it well right and Uh, And you guys have had some great success with doing the show, right? And so what I'm hearing is that like making sure that you bring value, quality to the table, right, which is what you guys have done like in spades, which is why I know that for myself, when I was, you know, before I worked with you guys and got, you know, and of course, amazing quality content from you, I was submitting to festivals and other shows just using kind of like, I don't know, like a video clip from flappers you know what I mean the camera was far away the sound was kind of crappy you know I mean I still did a good set but the quality of the film was not great and then I just know that when you guys handed me my uh my segment from laugh after dark it was like bang you know what I mean like people responded which is why now when I talk to people about creating content I'm like can you kick it up a notch Mm. and not just have it be Aunt Fruity with her iPhone in the corner holding it, you know, and and I'm sure you guys have people submit to you all the time, of course, for the shows, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so how does, it? you know, and I I just know that for myself, when I'm excited about something that I'm looking at, right, it makes me engage more, right? So I feel like for you guys, it's like the quality of it. And I also do feel like, I feel like the internet knows in this very strange way when you're trying to like push bullshit, right? Like you just... (laughs) Like, you kind of are pressing on this membrane of, like, bullshit that you just don't want to cross over into, right? And so, and I also know that the best PR is the best word of mouth. Hey, I loved working with these guys. Hey, I got great content. Hey, it actually helped me, right? So when you're delivering that to comedians, they're going to talk about that, right? So the difference between season one and season two for you guys, I'm sure, was the submissions was insane, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and then um, season two to season three was really exciting. outrageous. I couldn't very, have predicted it. But, it was
2: humbling and yes. very exciting.
0: Right, So, and so let's talk about that, right? So I'm sure how you jumped from season one to season two to season three, like what did that process look like for you guys? Even when you were just kind of like saying like, hey, we're doing this thing, you know, and the response to season one, the response to season two and, and so on, when you decided to kind of tell the world that you were going to be doing this
2: you know, we kind of Backed into Laugh After Dark a little bit, to be honest. Yes. We um, we have co-creators in the show. Um, our co-creators are um, another production company called Urban Genius, and that was our season one and season two host was Luke Ashley. So mm-hmm. her and her husband and production partner and all of us work together. So they actually came to us with the concept um, as an idea, and then we've really sort of brought it to life as like the production company and kind of done all the branding and things like that. So I think for us, you know, when season one happened, we didn't do casting. They came to us with our, with our comedians for season one, they were already in the bag and it was just a very different experience. We were like, okay, so this is, this is the thing that we're creating. And then by season two, you know, we had established that brand and we had people who were asking to be on our show. And so we
1: created our submission process now, and, we'll- I will add this, though. i will sort of cut you no, off there. Please. But I will add that timing is everything. And so when we came out with season one, not too long after, I would say within a couple of weeks, we were casting for season two. Mm-hmm. So we were, so it was sort of the timing was everything.
0: Yes, uh, because so they were it, seeing that example. They were seeing it and they were like, oh, I see what I'm getting into here.
1: Exactly. And they
0: didn't have a chance
2: to forget about us. Because that's the thing, right? Like, if they're excited about the content that they're seeing, and that's starting to catch fire, we were able to give them a call to action to take advantage of immediately. Yeah, that was really huge for us. So we really, I think, it, I'd say we rode the wave of that momentum, and that was really effective for us.
1: Yeah, I think the timeline was uh, we came out in August, right? We yeah, came, it was we cast it in September. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did our showcases in October. Mm-hmm. We got... November second and third, I believe. So all within so, six months,
2: the release yeah. of we so see we filmed season one in April. So all within like nine months was the yeah. filming and the the second filming. So right. it was pretty quick.
1: Yeah. And then so I people were noticed. excited.
0: And then I, and they were believe me. And then I know that when I uh, submitted and of course got the email from you guys and then went through the whole process and then was like I hope I get it. You know what I mean? I was so I w- I wanted it so bad. You know and then and then doing the show. And then I just know that when you guys immediately made that post, that you were casting for season three. I mean, I'm sure you already had people sending you emails through your website, which is very smart, right? You were already kind of building, uh, you know, a uh, whatever a spreadsheet or whatever to to, yeah. to hold all of that. And then once you made that post, and then I'm sure all of the comedians that have been on the show reposted it. And then I'm sure it was just like, like I mean, yeah.
1: Well, that's, here's yeah. Here's the thing though. Re Um, we basically put out an email from people who were on that casting list. We did that first and so they had the leg up on um, They got
2: like maybe 12 hours, 24 hours. And it was so, yeah, because that's what we promised. We told people like, hey, if you sign up on our website, you'll be the first ones to know when casting goes live. And so we wanted to make sure to deliver on that promise. And so we did. We gave them, I think it was about 12 to 18 hours kind of head start. And it was, and it paid off like big time. Like those people, I would say within 30 Seconds to a minute, we had our first submission. Yeah, people mm. were not. I guess
1: that's too fast. Maybe
2: it was within two. It was
1: under two minutes. Yeah, for it sure. Was almost like, immediately, it felt immediate. I'm like, how did these people? Have, yeah, have they like, just got the email and they were. They there. had the materials all lined up and ready to go. Yeah, like. they were so. Yes, right.
0: which, which I would love to speak to to my audience, right? Which is like. When you get that email, right? So this is powerful on both sides. So I'm trying to put my my brain in, in, in two pins, right? Because there's the promotional side of me, and then there's the comedian side of me, right? So as the promotional side of me, you did the right thing with your newsletter. And you said, hey, sign up, and you'll get first dibs, right? Which is like, you always want to create with your newsletter like VIP experience, right? You'll get first dibs and then deliver on that. That's very important. And it, and clearly it worked for you guys, right? And then the comedian side of me is like, yes, when you get that email, You shouldn't have to then be like calling someone about getting something edited and then writing a bio that you don't know if what what they want to, like you're just, you don't want us to start working when the opportunity comes, right? When the opportunity comes, you should just be able to meet that and just be like, here's my clip, here's my bio, here's my website, here's my social media and send, right? And also not to sleep on that, right? Which is like, don't let that inner saboteur And you go out for two weeks and then you're like, oh, right, maybe I should send that email to laugh after dark. You know what I mean? It's like, how do we meet all of this at the same time? So when you have, uh, you know, good promotions happening, right? And then you are then met with comedians who, who know what they're doing. And then these two worlds merge. Then you get magic results yeah exactly Absolutely. you do
2: because our comedians are well first of all comedians are incredible humans on so many levels but one of the ways that they're so incredible is y'all understand that you're your own business and as that i feel like comedians take their business very seriously and i really appreciate and respect that they are like you said they're ready they're quick. They already most comedians already have their own website. They already have their videos. Like they understand what it is that they're trying to build. And so they are used to promoting themselves on a regular basis. And therefore, you know, being that we, what we're essentially doing with Laugh After Dark is we're providing an opportunity. They're so quick to just tell everyone about it. They're mm-hmm. excited because we've provided an opportunity for them. They want to tell people about it. Mm-hmm. And because we're providing a quality product that we're proud of, mm-hmm. and you know people are thankful for that, like you said as well. So I think a lot of like that magic really comes in and just understanding this is so my background is in branding. <laughs> so this is me putting on my branding brain where it's yeah. really all about understanding who it is that you're talking to, who your audience is what it is you do for them, how it is you do it, and being ready to talk about that. And I feel like comedians are very good at that. Mm. And so it's been it's been, you know, my background in no way is in comedy. I almost say it's ironic that I ended up working as a comedy producer because, sure, yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't even get to watch the Simpsons growing up. So <laughs> I, I mean, he's the first one to tell me I have a terrible sense of humor, <laughs> but, but comedians are amazing and they are, they're not just funny, they're insightful and they're brave and they're really, really good at what they do when it comes to that.
0: Hopefully stuff. they are, uh, because I work Often. with a lot of people, uh, and it's in, comedians and I and I do know that people really do struggle with this they really do struggle with the visibility and some people take it to it like fish to water you know what I mean Mm -hmm. And I can think of like so many people that you guys have cast that I'm on the show that are just I mean gorgeous I love following these people they put out great content you 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 connect with them it's so great yes you want to buy the ticket to whatever it is that they're selling you're like I'm on board right But then some of them really struggle, right? And it's like, and I'm always kind of like with promotion, it doesn't take talent. It's really just kind of like follow these steps and try and not listen to the demons that are trying to like ride in the car with you. You know what I mean? Like you're like, just put them in the backseat and continue to do it. And you can still be scared. And I feel like sometimes people say like, oh, faith and fear can't live in the same place at the same time. And I'm like, that is not fucking true. I am scared all the time. And I still take the action. Just do it scared. Right.
2: If you're not scared, you're not doing it right.
0: Hey, girl. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) You're cocky and you deserve to fail. Sorry. You need to be taken down a few pegs.
0: Right. Okay. So let's talk about that. And one thing, I'm just going to close the door to my, because we have a guest coming over. And of course, one second. There we go. Here we go. Of course, it's like everything happens at once. You're filming, my wife's brother's coming over, the dog's going to start barking in a minute.
2: Hashtag COVID.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like hashtag life. You know what I mean? Okay. So let's talk about the best and the worst thing that's ever, you know, happened to you guys, either promoting online or something that you've experienced with working sometimes with people, because we, we work with so many personalities and big personalities and the challenges that we face sometimes when, I mean, you guys are working with, you know, uh, how many comics per season are you working with, including the, the hosts and stuff like that?
2: So it's changed. Season one, we did 12 comedians, six episodes. So we always have two comedians on per episode plus a host. Um, And so season two was 12 episodes, 24 comedians. Season three is also slated to be 12 episodes, 24 comedians. 25. Technically 25 comedians because we figured we should probably have a little extra. Plus we got, I mean, casting for season three was Um, the best kind of nightmare because it was – the hardest thing like the people who didn't get on the show y'all deserved it so if you're watching this and you're still feeling sore about it please know it was such a hard call you were there you saw auditions like you saw how stiff the competition was and that was still people there were still so many people that deserved to
1: audition that couldn't exactly and like to answer your question plain and simply for me it's the the part I don't like and the hardest is actually having to do the casting yeah. I'd rather have nothing to do with it, to be honest with you. She's uh, into doing it. But I but I I, I absolutely hate cutting comedians. Um because Well, the all,
0: season uh, three, I mean, yeah, I was there when you guys were doing the auditions uh, to support, and I mean it was all the killers in the community. I mean that you're just like one after another after another, and I was like, How are they? And so when so how do you make that decision? Because I know it's not just about talent, right? All these people are killers and they're talented. So when you're making those decisions and you're down to those last, you know, six or seven people, like what is that thing where you're just totally like, okay, this is the, these are why we made the decisions that we made.
1: Well, we don't make those decisions just solely just, um, uh, we actually come together with, with other, um, with our production team, Yeah, the production team and we, we do it together mm-hmm. and we do it, we, we score basically. So it's a, a voting sheet. System. Yeah. Voting. And, um, it's, actually, ra-
2: it's actually rank voting essentially yeah. is, what it is where everybody has, everyone's vote is weighted equally. And it's basically the average of what every person's opinion was on that particular set. And the, essentially like the people that everybody likes bubble to the top and the people, you know, and everyone else, like we, we kind of said that people, there was it was tough because there was people that probably would have been cast on season two, that the competition was just so stiff for season three that, that we, you know, it was like, gosh, that's a really tough call.
1: But we've, we've had people who have auditioned for season two and didn't make it and now have made it on season three. Yeah. Um, we, remember, we, rem- well, we remember. We remember. Well, we remember everyone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and even on social media, I'll even point that out. I, you know, recheck you know, messages constantly. We check who's tagging us, um, and we, we know who's out there. Yes. So it is, it is exciting when we do the casting equally for the comedians and ourselves, because I'm excited to see, oh, this person audition. Are they put in their tape? Yeah. Oh, because I know I've Stay on the social media. We kind of know I, who's up who's up exactly. to what at this so point. It's at least exciting for me to say, oh, this person is is they're actually pulled the trigger and they're gonna do it. Um, yeah. and, and go for it. So
2: well, and then one more thing I want to say to your to your question is when it comes down to like the nitty-gritty and we're making those final calls, um, I can answer that very straightforward. And that is we have always valued diversity. It's mm. a core value for us. Um so sometimes that decision really does come to hey do we have too many white males right or do we have too many right and it boils down to that because we don't want we don't believe that the world is best represented through a narrow set of voices Uh, another core value that piggybacks off of this for us is we don't censor our comedians. Mm. Um, There's a lot of people out there in our worlds, various parts of our lives that disagree with that choice. And people have really strong opinions. I know comedians have very strong opinions about what people should or shouldn't say and what, um, whether or not people should be censored. And we do not believe that comedians should be censored. Now your particular set may not be in alignment with our message It may not be in alignment with our casting or whatever. So we still, you know, like if the content is something that we're not, you know, just doesn't fit our values, that's different. But overall, like we really believe that we're here to curate diverse voices and that we're all better for it. So when we have to make those tough calls, that's one of the leading sort of lenses through which we're evaluating that decision.
0: Right. And so it's like, essentially, the comedian has to just fall through a whole bunch of hoops. And then it's like, and then it's just the time is the time. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever is coming for you at that time. And then I also love, you know, hearing too, it's like, oh, well, we see what you're doing online right we see how you're communicating with us we see how you're interacting online because i always tell people that like the internet is kind of like and i hate this term but it's kind of like a vision board you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like what you're putting out there is what you're going to get back from it Mm -hmm. right are you being Are you being complicated and and frustrating online? Are you engaging in a great way? Are you being kind? And like, what are you doing to be uh, like a positive part of the community? Because truth be told, the community is small. The community is very small. And now that we've gone from this real in real life situation to uh, an almost international, I mean, essentially, Uh, we're meeting people from all over the place, right? And I'm sure you've had people not just from LA uh, be on Laugh After Dark, people from other places as well. And so it's like we're expanding this community, but it's still small. There's only so many people that are doing this. And the people that are, of course, are doing it well and their intentions are well, like you can't hide whatever it is that you're doing. Like you can't completely be fake or whatever in that way. So... What are some of kind of some of the like downsides uh or or challenges that you guys have faced with doing this stuff online that you were just totally like, ugh, let's not do that again? Or or if you've seen a comic do something that you felt like um you just were like, gosh, if if they just knew this, you know what I mean? Like in seeing it from the other side, because you guys do are kind of gatekeepers in a way.
2: Oh, um, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can say some things. Okay, so speaking to the the question of what are some things as tips, if you will, for comedians to things that we're looking for, or maybe I think this is maybe something to avoid, mm. um, is what I call the low hanging fruits <laughs> when it comes to comic comedy. I will say, if your opening joke is "So I'm gay" or "So I'm black." Or so I'm fat, fat, right? If you're picking the lowest hanging fruit of what is obvious about you and that's where you start, Mm. then for me that says, okay, where can we go from here? Because you're not starting with something interesting and unique about yourself, you're starting Mm. with stating the obvious. Mm. And so I tend to, you know, when at least for me personally, when I'm looking for comedians, I'm looking for what I call a perspective. Mm. I'm looking for, you know, anyone can tell a bunch of punchlines about obvious things like race and politics and sexual orientation and things like that, right? That's mm. easy. Mm. I'm looking for someone who has a unique perspective on the world mm. and that their jokes come from that unique perspective.
0: What about, uh so, and also too, because you guys are watching your comics and uh, and now you guys have, you know, your own kind of little laugh after a dark family, is there anything that you've seen comics do that you love when they promote online or things that you don't like when you see them uh promoting online or because you know these people in real life? So you get to see this kind of juxtaposition between like how they are in real life and how they are online. Is there something that you can speak to, like, if you could, you know say something to them you know what I mean comics
2: are very like I don't find comics to be very like different online versus in real life like that's not my experience Mm -hmm. um obviously there's like a level of like performance where you know comedians aren't all jokes all the time they're still humans you know they're not all funny all the time but I think I have found my experience of comedians is that they're very honest people. Like you don't get up on stage to talk about your perspective on the world if you haven't at least taken the time to think about your perspective on the world. Yes. And so I haven't found a lot of disparity there personally. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I'll say overtagging. <laughs> Oh, hashtag. oh, not hashtag. tagging oh. us, you know, laugh after dark. Oh, they tag know? us in
2: everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean,
1: that can get sort of. Um,
2: well, we just don't know why you're tagging us sometimes, guys. Yeah. Right. Well, like, don't, like if you tag us among, you know, 20 tags, I don't know why you're tagging us. But if you tag us and you say, hey, like, here's my latest set or, you know, excited about my, you know, I submitted this to laugh after dark or, you know, you're making some kind of personal connection. Like we remember that we noticed that. But if you're just
1: tagging us we do not yeah. know. Yeah. And, um,
2: great
0: point. That is a
2: fantastic
0: point. Uh, cause I feel like sometimes people want to stay top of mind, right. Which isn't a bad thing. Uh, but I'm always like good intentions gone too far is when it's like, dude, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I get it. This is your dinner. We you don't have to tag laugh after dark. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. You like calm down, you know? So yeah. I get it, and so it's also good to see too that like it's you guys running your social media. You see it, you mm-hmm. in, you you see everything, right? So absolutely, mm-hmm. I make
1: a point to see as much as I can, as long as much as the algorithms will let me see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. To. to, to
2: The algorithms are definitely, I mean, if you want to ask about the biggest challenge, I would absolutely say it's the algorithm because the way they're designed these days is they're designed for engagement, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, theoretically great. But what that basically means is you have to spend almost all of your time on social media and literally engaging, commenting and liking and doing the darn thing all of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the biggest challenge, frankly. So I would say for any comedian out there, like, it's the fact that you have to be online all the time. So. My personal advice, like if it were, you know, this is less from a producer standpoint and more from like a branding standpoint is figure out like this perspective that you have figure out what it is like everyone in the whole world is unique and like truly like you truly are unique and even though you might feel like you're a basic bitch like you literally are not like you have something in you that's different Mm -hmm. and if you're already brave enough to be a comedian then just define that define what are the things that you talk about and what are the things you don't talk about what are the things you joke about what are the things they're not because no matter what you're doing you have to define it on some level and so just align it with your personal values because you're a personal brand and pick those things like what is off limits for you? What do you stand for? What are you against? That's going to give you tons and tons of fuel to make jokes about too. Because mm-hmm. when you know what you're for and you know what you're for, you're against, then it's easy to make fun of things. Yes. And then from there, you part of those things that you're for and against are going to give you things that matter too. Mm-hmm. And those things that matter are ways that you're gonna be able to connect with people. Mm. And those things that matter are ways that you're gonna be able to talk about things beyond just promoting yourself. Because Mm. I think if you only see yourself as a product, then you're tempted to only talk about yourself. And that's where things get like ingenuine online and people can see right through it. Whereas if you're just like, no, this is who I am, whether I'm on the stage, off the stage, no matter what it is, these are things I'm for, and these are things I'm not down for, then you can have causes that you support. You can have other comedians that you can find closer knit community within, you can niche your content better. And those are all ways, the more niche you can be, the more specific you can be, the more personal you can be, are all ways that you're ultimately gonna fizzle to the top and stand out online. And so it gives you your brand essentially more than anything. And there's some fantastic follow some people. There's great people online who are giving away tons and tons of free content all the time about how, what to talk about online and how to build your brand. And, mm. and what are your, there's like theories people have about like, you know, pick your five things that you talk about on social, pick your five things that you post on social and that your your feeds. You can't just be posting yourself all the time. Exactly. Also need because you're more than a comic. You're more than just your time on stage. And the more people are, people are going to be more interested in your comedy when they're when your comedy is grounded and connected to who you are in your whole life and in your experiences. So That's there's so my cool. masterclass.
0: So it's you
2: were like <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one minute masterclass. With <laughs> Sign up, the link is below. Um, yeah, hilarious. Uh, so I I mean, and I'm also hearing you too, because there's two parts to that. The algorithms, uh, which is wildly frustrating. I mean, it's just who, who the hell knows what goes on on these platforms. Um, it's just like a black box of like, what? Uh, I don't know how to get in there, right? But it's like, which is why I feel like it is so important for people to have a newsletter, right? So if you want to engage with me and you want That direct contact, yes, sign up for my newsletter. Everyone should be creating a newsletter. And I don't mean sending it out every two seconds. Again, we get back to your original tips and tricks, which is like only when you have something to share, quality, right? Hey, I've got an exciting announcement. Hey, this is what's going on with me, right? But you can't just rely that people are going to see your stuff on social media because. They might not, for whatever reason, not see it, those 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 people that are following you, which is why that newsletter is so king. And then also, too, the other thing that you were talking about is not just promoting, not just a selfie and not just the you show, right? And so I always tell people 80% content, 20% promotion. And content is all the other stuff about your life, Right you're you're whatever you're willing to share about right those five things you know what i mean for me uh, you know i i'm happily married i've got a great kid i've got wonderful friends i've got a fun dog i've got super fun flashback fridays i mean mohawks Transams, you know. We know,
1: I see it. We watch
0: you. (laughs) I I know. (laughs) That I can fucking share about. And then I'm like, hey, come to a show, right? Because you just don't want to bang everybody over the head with this stuff. Nobody wants to be promoted to, which is why when I have clients that are like, oh, well, I'll just create a separate account and put it over here. And I'll just tell people about my comedy over there. And I'm like, no one's going to go over there. Mm -hmm. people want to know you Mm -hmm. you're gonna you're just creating this thing where they're only going to want to know about you and they're not going to want to see about when your shows are happening because it's just like nobody wants to be promoted to right so Mm -hmm. we have to sometimes sneak it in there uh and put it under the umbrella of you right so Mm -hmm. um and then also too you know we you guys were literally days away uh from shooting season three of laughter i mean i had the tickets in my inbox Uh, and of course you guys got shut down, uh, because of COVID and the whole world got shut down. Everybody is dealing with this. Everybody is dealing with what I'm calling the pivot, right? Where it's totally like, oh shit, (laughs) now what? You know what I mean? And so tell me what you guys have on deck for you right now that, and how you guys have pivoted because- clearly comedy is in person. Comedy is not happening anytime soon. And even if some people are opening up some, everyone's got different opinions about how to do it, masks, distancing, whatever. But I'm all like, everybody is so fucking sloppy. And I just, isn't it coming back? I, I mean, there's
1: it's so- coming back. It's just the, the question is when is it coming back? Yeah. And um, you know, we, <laughs> Yeah, we got to shut down. Like, I really shut down. We shut our we did the responsible we pulled thing. The plug. Yeah, we did the responsible thing and we pulled did the, the right plug. Thing. And um, and we rescheduled for five weeks later. Hilarious.
2: <laughs> would be so much time.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> because and, in our in our
2: minds, you know, everyone would go into quarantine for two weeks and we'd be fine. But
1: that's uh, what
0: we thought was gonna happen. Um, Wouldn't that be amazing? And now it's like anyway, so we're in this. New reality now, right? Okay, so, so I want to make
1: make it clear. Laugh after dark, season three will be happening. It's not shut down for good. Yeah, of course. it's oh still, God, it's, still course. it's gonna happen when when it's when it's responsible. Um, and yeah, I mean,
2: so as far as what's on deck for us, um it took us a while to pivot. I'm not gonna lie because again, we thought five weeks'd be back in business, you know, So a lot of it's just been a waiting game of trying to figure out, you know, what makes sense? When can we plan? I mean, this guy who's been holding out hope that we'd be able to do something like before the end of the year. And I'm just like, every time I'm like, I just don't think that's gonna yeah. happen. I mean, we so, did the
1: pivot of, of doing a podcast. We did five uh, mm-hmm. five episodes. Um and then we And
2: then at that time we were so COVID was so thick, you know, that like we didn't feel comfortable. Like producing more, Mm. Um, so as things have been slowly kind of opening back up, and like you know, in all fairness, production and podcasts and things like that are were always considered essential. So it's always been okay to do it, but for us to feel comfortable wanting to you know invite people out and you know, essentially we we want to respect the safety and put that first for all of our comedians. Um, and so we don't want to ask people to do things that are, you know, something that we're not comfortable with. That being said, um, we decided, you know, our first pivot co- podcast, the cure, um, we did five episodes. We were supposed to do like like 10, ten I think we got through five before we decided to to shut down um those are available online um but that was a limited series podcast. and so what we actually have done is we've taken the time to figure out what is it that you know is the long-term podcast right. for us and well, we're actually you guys
0: we're doing a po- in-person podcast and you were shooting it beautifully and, and so you still had people that were in the same room together, right and wow.
1: was... <laughs> yeah, absolutely we did it that and and um
0: and it looked great. Yeah. And, the new, yeah. and the new host, what's his name again? I love him. I just am Charlie. Charlie,
2: Charlie Wilson. Wilson. We love him. He's so great. Yeah. Big fan. So talented and just so much energy. And he is always down. Like you never, ever hear anything. But yeah, let's do it from Charlie. When yeah, his-
0: And that, and I can see why you guys are so attracted to him. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it, it, uh, just a star. He's just a he's a star. He's hilarious. And even when you were you guys were even doing the behind the scenes stuff when he was walking through like where you guys are going to shoot and. Um, okay. So now you're going to be doing a, a podcast situation, probably all virtual, right? No, so, no.
2: oh no, no. we're going to, no. we, we, basically, <laughs> no. No. we decided to do it in real life. We're going okay. to really distance and yeah. we're going to do all oh, yeah. the things that we're keeping it really small, like a really tight production. We're not okay. going to, our first, uh, podcast, we were doing two guests, uh-huh. the host, and we decided again, from like simplification perspectives, we're just going to do one, we have a bit of a different yeah, one-on-one
1: um, mm-hmm. situations. We're going to be shooting it back at the same venue um, oh, at the last Envision. F- yeah, Envision, and it's a five thousand square foot. Um, building. So there's plenty yeah. of space. Oh
0: yeah, no, that yeah. place was yeah.
1: huge. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. plenty of space, and so we can do the social distancing. They we we're working with them to to do all the cleaning and sanitizing. Um, We'll do all the temperature checks, we'll do all the things that we uh, have to
2: do to keep everyone safe, of course, but you know for us it was like we. Our jam is. This, like what you yes. see here, like this is what we do, this is what we're good at. And yes. so my my pushback to a virtual podcast, at least for Laugh After Dark, has always been our thing is great picture. Yes. And if we can't provide great picture, then I feel like that gets for us, not saying that's true for everyone, but for yeah. us, it's participating in the noise because it's not aligned with our brand. Because yes. our brand is about great picture. So I'd rather wait until we can do things the way that we do them and and feel great about that
1: Yeah, which is the reason why we never really did it well we never not did any uh virtual shows and right. it's nothing against the virtual show thing it's just not, it wasn't LAD. yeah it wasn't us it wasn't right.
2: now that being said i'm getting ready to do my own podcast that's going to be virtual <laughs> so that's it's fine like again like it's not actually like it's not even a personal preference thing it's right. a brand it's a brand decision
1: well that but also too your the, your guests are going to be um, all over the my, US yeah my clients are all yeah. over the world yeah, so same
0: same with yeah. me uh which is why i mean that that's why i've in working with you guys the quality of how it looks. And, and, you know, as a filmmaker myself, it just makes my heart sing. You know what I mean? I'm just totally like, oh, like, oh, these two worlds get to be in the same place, they have a beautiful picture and humor. Like, I'm just <laughs> oh, like, it just makes me so happy. You know what I mean? And that is, yes. And, and so I think that what you guys have established with Laugh After Dark is that even though you're not like in the conversation constantly, it's like when you pop up, everybody's like, oh, we're listening. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, We're here for it, right? And then you've also set up these great ways to be like, hey, if you didn't see our post, if you're smart, you'll get on our newsletter and then you'll hear about it that way. Like you guys have figured out all the different ways to kind of connect with everybody and keep that stuff rolling. So I'm super excited to see what the next steps are. And of course, I'm going to be, uh, perched, uh, ready to watch. And, uh, I-, I also know that for myself too, in doing this because I couldn't do on, you know, in-person shows anymore. And we were doing make it rain comedy, which we were doing at a strip club. Mm. Which was now I'm like I wouldn't touch a stripper pole with a ten foot pole, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like like I, I'm like I. It's the new world. I look at the photos of us just sliding on the floor with all this dirty money and just like touching poles, and What's I'm like miracle oh,
1: you guys came out alive on that oh one. Oh my god! <laughs>
0: like our my brain will never be the same again. You know yeah. what I mean? And looking at that, and then we moved it online and had great success with it mm-hmm. over there. But then again, we were kind of one of the the first shows in our little community to kind of do. It. And then everybody caught up and then it was like this again, what you're speaking what you're speaking to, the saturation, right? And then we want to get to we're doing we're doing a weekly show. But for me, the weekly show is just about me as a comic, right? Keeping my chops up, mm-hmm. keeping yeah. my community up. So that when all this is over and I send an email or a text to somebody and they haven't seen me in six months to a year. It's like I don't want that. I want them yeah. to be like, Oh yeah, Melanie. I just did her show last week. She just did my show last week. You know what I mean? Like to keep yeah. the community aspect of it going, even though uh it's it's a the Zoom thing is is such a different world. And it is very challenging to do comedy in a situation where you don't have an audience laughing. Uh I've worked out some ways by having designated laughers in the room and all of that stuff, but it like speaking to what you guys are talking about if you have a commitment to high quality film zoom is not your place to be and then also to creating an experience so that you have an audience that's responding i mean you had live audiences when you're shooting
1: the shows i mean comedy is immersive yes it's immersive and How could you be immersed in the zone with
2: that? I we did see one person (laughs) doing a VR comedy show. That was interesting, where you have an avatar and you're in the room. You're in a
1: club. You're in a virtual club, like The Sims, basically. Like Sims
2: or like what's that movie? Um, Oh, is it Ready it Player One. It's like Ready Player One, but with like little Sims cartoons, where well, you like. Oh, there's
0: Animal Crossing. I think is the name of the show. Is there's a show where yeah. you're inside? You know, it, the, the, you play it on Switch. I'm literally talking out my ass. I don't exactly know all of the, the, but yes, people in the game go to the comedy club in the game, and then they get the comics, and they have their own avatars, and they. Yeah. Pro- yes.
2: this Maybe
1: big, that's what it uh, is uh, now. This thinking, wasn't no because I, I looked it oh, up. I mean, okay. as soon as I was, you know, when I saw it, I was. Yeah just amazed yeah unfortunately on this platform that this uh, comedian was hosting his shows that it was it was pc only and we're uh, back family so um yeah ditto. that kind of sucked
0: ditto so, ditto
2: on the uh, back family <laughs> right. well and also like i'm not I'm sure like, how i feel if i'm ready to like be the person who's like fully like early adopting virtual comedy I'd rather be the person who's like hey let's bring it back into the real world you know I'd rather wait and do that do that game so yeah we're just we've just been waiting to kind of figure out what seeing letting some of the creative trailblazers blaze some of these trails of like how do you do zoom creatively you know how does it look to like do some of this stuff what And then also waiting too in a way to like see people's expectations being adjusted because like, for example, when you have the news, having people's voices cut out because they have poor, you know, internet connection, you know, that adjusts people's expectations of what they should expect from your show. So now it's getting to that point where it's like, okay, let's start seeing how we can do things and doing them safely and getting creative and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and we're we're saying that people are doing like outside shows or, or park- parking lot shows, and and um, I'm watching that very very closely, watching how that mm-hmm. that's kind of playing we'll out. Um, I saw that the La Jolla Comedy um, Store was doing a bunch of shows that were outside, and then they got shut down.
0: Yeah, so in I think at the comedy store here, they're serving drinks and I think they're uh, screening stuff, but there's no live comedy. Like it's specifically against like live comedy right now. And and, and a lot, you know, I have a lot of people in the community that I'm friends with that are, you know, uh, signing petitions or whatever to be like, hey, can we do this in a safe way? And, you know, they sometimes have outdoor spaces and doing that. And I've I've watched people film their comedy specials at drive-ins, like uh, Erica Rhodes did hers here at at, at the Rose Bowl and everyone's honking their horns. I mean, it's crazy. Um, Yeah. And then a part of me is like, well, why do you know what I mean? Like, did you not, mm-hmm. could you not wait another six months? Like what, yeah. why did you make that choice to do it right now? Like, so
1: it has to be some art from for some artistic, uh, thing, I guess. What,
2: what does the people say you have to be the first, you have to be the best or you have to be different. Right. And so in this, this COVID, it does create opportunities like, you know, any crisis, can create opportunities for people to be one of those things. Right. And yes. this situation you have a chance to be the first, yes. right. And there's not a lot of chance to do things different, you know, but thinking outside the box, thinking creatively is an opportunity. So I, I do feel like Bravo to the people who, you yeah. know, like I think one of my favorite things was um, astronomy club was on Jimmy Fallon and that was hilarious they did a whole sketch they managed to put together a sketch that whole the whole thing was done on like a brady bunch type zoom call Uh and so i i like seeing creatives get creative and find ways authentically to to make me remember them yeah so there is an element of that where i'm like i respect Mm -hmm. the game you know but you have to be the first you have to be the best or you have to be different otherwise it's noisy
0: Exactly. And I feel like that's what's so important when you're, uh, that's why whenever I'm talking to people, I'm totally like, well, there's a million ways to skin a cat, but mm-hmm. you have to figure out how is it going to serve you, right? And so at the end of the day, you may you may make concessions in some areas because it'll push another ball forward, like I was saying, in doing the live shows. Yes, it's not the most beautiful and perfect thing, but I've got to keep creating comedy. So when all this is over, I'm not scratching my head and still using the jokes that I wrote a year and a half ago, which will not work I mean it's like I yeah. mean, unless they're so evergreen but I was doing I had total bits about the fact that I never wanted to leave my living room and go out into the world and I'm like well that's not gonna work now because all I am is in my living room yeah, right, right? And, I, and I'm just totally like you know so it's like okay so you have to like rework all that stuff so I have to be a comedian and just, all of this stuff so yeah.
1: yeah I mean one thing I think that's going to be interesting when we come out of this is how many coronavirus jokes are we going to? I'm have? nervous of that. I think
2: that's going to be the new low hanging fruit.
1: I, I think it probably is. I mean, I'm not all in the the Zoom um, the, the Zoom comedy shows. Uh, I just personally can't watch them. Right. <laughs> and uh, but I'm but I mean, obviously you do them. Is there a lot of jokes about? Uh, COVID and...
0: Well, yeah, because, you know, of course, as a comedian, you want to be relatable. So, you know, uh-huh. your audience is also in in on this joke with you. There's a lot mm-hmm. of trashing 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, 2020 is, you know, garbage, you know, so people are just totally like their take on that, right? And mm-hmm. so in the same way that, like, before all of this, it was like, you know, your hot take on dating or your hot take on whatever. And of course, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always been that person that like, uh, my life by design has been so unique. So I never really fell into the like, Oh, I'm going to talk about dating. You know, at the other side of that, I talk about the fact that I'm happily married and nobody wants to hear that. You know what I mean? So like, I have kind of like a different unique take on all that. So I feel like no matter what it is, no matter where you are, there's always going to be that topic that everyone's talking about. But like you were saying, Kelsey, how can it be the best? How can it be different? How can it be first? You know what I mean? So, I I do feel like people do talk a lot about uh, the virus or, you know, political stuff or 2020 because your audience is in this with you, but they're also Mm -hmm. looking to escape, you know, so I'm not Mm -hmm. somebody that stays there too long. Yeah, Yeah.
2: you don't want to Dave Chappelle it.
0: (laughs) And I also also don't want to kind of like harbor on this stuff. People need uh, escapism entertainment more than ever. And when I'm flipping on the TV and it's like love during Corona and I'm like, oh, my God, like, uh, oh, God, I don't want to watch more people like in like watching a commercial with nurses and it's all in black and white and slow motion and I'm I'm going to cry and I'm like, stop like we're already traumatized you know,
2: all the time yeah, exactly. like you're,
0: you're like this is like i'm not gonna trauma bond with you nestle you know what i mean like i don't need to know that the nurses are dying like i get it you know what i mean move on i'm already
2: very concerned yeah i know
0: like I, i'm like i'm yeah it, so it's very challenging so uh but i do feel like um you know, in just in continuing to do our work and being, uh, cause I feel like in general, we have to, if we're going to have a long, beautiful, wonderful career, we have to adapt, right? Absolutely. What does this platform look like? What am I doing? What am I learning? And if I stop in my brain learning how to do stuff, um, then I'm going to be that hacky guy. That's telling a joke, you know, take my wife, please. You know what I mean? Like I'm just going to be,
2: yeah, that's
0: a classic, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just, um, it's we have to learn how to adapt, but which I feel like Absolutely. you guys are doing, like I feel like you guys are are making that happen. We're
1: trying we don't have a choice. I, I feel there's no there's no choice
0: but
2: yeah, to you're either the person who things happen to you or you're the person who just takes every opportunity as it comes, you know. And okay. I think we decided a long time ago that we were not going to be the people who things happen to. We're gonna be the people that happen to things. so
0: ooh, I like that.
1: Exactly.
0: We're gonna be the people that happens to think I'm gonna happen to you.
2: I'm gonna happen to Corona. I'm gonna happen to twenty twenty. I'm over it.
0: I'm gonna happen on you. Like I'm just gonna Oh, she happened all over me. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So to sum this all up, we talked about creating quality and not just blah all the time anything right so that when you talk people listen right we talked about great uh you have great things set in for laugh after dark which is you know your newsletter and what have you which has been super helpful for you guys and you guys do see what's happening with the comics right and we talked about uh, how you've pivoted and all that stuff we talked about um the uh you know the shooting of season three and then the podcast the cure so coming up for you guys you have a new do you have a name for uh the new podcast
1: we shall do let me just solidify the name and the graphics and the, yeah the whole the whole branding and everything and um it's his name i'm gonna let him say it oh do tell with a laugh after dark
0: oh it's
1: very good it's a
2: storytelling podcast so it'll be we're all basically the whole idea is we want our comedians to come on and tell us a story and we'll you know offer some guidance in terms of what they are but we feel like who in the world can tell a better story and has more stories than a comic and so we wanted to you know we we did the interview thing before interviews are very cool but stories are better
1: yeah, I mean we I mean to go back to the the cure we just wanted to introduce some of these people who didn't get a chance to get on 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 the stage. They were so close. They yeah. were so and close. so um so we just wanted to in, do an introduction through podcast, but this one is obviously going to be the storytelling. It's going to host our feature some of our uh comedians, but I think we're also going to go a little bit off the off the rails a little bit and feature other artists yeah. other um, people who everybody has a story right yeah. there's, yes, there's uh story. athletes they have stories and, and musicians exactly and... so
0: we're just yeah, so if but, it's funny it's still under the brand of it right it's still like at the end of the day it's still a funny podcast right so absolutely. it doesn't just have to be you know comedians it can be you know musicians or whatever yeah. and that's kind of peppered in but of course your you always are going to have on... a de- a yeah, deep mostly
2: pool com- of mostly comedians, But we want it to be a chance to like open up to other parts of the community. Like so far, what we've been able to do is connect with our Laugh After Dark community really, really well. But we want to take that and also be able to branch out a little further and just open,
1: you know, open up the community a little bit more. So you don't have to be a Laugh After Dark family to be on the
2: yeah because we take oh, our family yeah. seriously. <laughs> so there are things that you have to you have to be family to to get certain things, but this is an opportunity for us to kind of open up the family a little bit.
1: Yeah, some of the people that we liked um, that that quite didn't make it on season three. maybe they'll they'll uh, get an opportunity to tell a story.
0: Well, and I also feel like you guys, I mean, I don't know what the long, long, long term scope is for you guys, but it's like, I World I'm not domination. Sure. What's that?
2: <laughs> World domination. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Uh,
0: it, it's like we, you guys are storytellers, visual storytellers, right? So laugh after dark is one section of that, right? So as we start to grow and also to knowing that our audience is is different now, right? And the fact that we do have to make sure that we are creating quality content online for an international audience, right? So we sometimes, even in staying in that specific lane of like, oh, this is what I do, how can you make it universal, right? So that it does, of course, reach an audience. And we don't do this to stay in some dark corner of the internet. You know, that's not why we do this, right? We do this so that we're sharing this experience with people br- ultimately to bring them joy and, and you know, and, and laughter, of course, at the end of the day with all of that stuff. Well, yes. you guys have been a joy. You know, I adore you both. You guys are like the the... The good kids, like the nice kids of the the industry. You know what I mean? You're always kind of like, what do they want? What's going on with those people? There's so many psychos and weirdos out there, which is why I cling to you both. uh, And also to you guys create beautiful content that of course has helped me and so many other comedians uh, with the Laugh After Dark uh, content. So thank you so much for being on the show. Do you have one last plug? So is it just laughafterdark.com or in your social media and stuff like that if people want to connect with you guys?
1: If you want to connect, that is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's also the
2: way they stay informed and in the loop. So once we drop these podcast episodes, come check us
1: out. Yes. So you can drop us a DM. i read them. I know read you read do. Them it's good oh. <laughs>
2: it's good that's a good thing thank you so much
0: for oh you are me. you guys are so welcome I, I truly i truly cherish you guys and thank you so much so thanks so much for watching uh the promotional rescue talk show uh like my guest said you can reach them and and get on their newsletter and find out more information about what they've got coming up next at laughafterdark.com uh for me you can connect with me at melanievesi.com or promotionalrescue.com and now you can get all of this information and never before seen stuff on my patreon which is Patreon dot com slash Melanie Vesey so I hope to see you guys over there thank you bye